It's time to have an honest conversation about the Baltimore Ravens offense right now. We talk about that and so much more coming up next on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all podcasts and platforms. That includes in YouTube on video form and also anywhere you get your audio form podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We are a five-day week Ravens podcast. More during the season as we do live streams after every single Ravens game. Big news. So we did that after the Ravens' unfortunate loss of the Pittsburgh Steelers in week five. But you can follow along again, audio form, video form. You're not missing out either way. You can also subscribe over on Subtext, which is another way to get content. That's one-on-one text conversations and more links to that. That'll be in the description below. But we have a ton of Ravens content coming out. So thank you to everybody who's tuning in today, whether you've heard every day or you've your first time listening or somewhere in the middle. Thank you for joining me here today. And you can tell a friend, tell a family member, word of mouth, still a big thing. So I appreciate everybody again. But we're here to talk about the Ravens and just continuing to dive into the Ravens loss to Pittsburgh in week five. It was disheartening. It was brutal. It was <laughs> a disgusting form of offense, honestly. But we had to watch it, and we're here to break it down. As we're going to talk about just you know what the Ravens did, and we need to have an honest conversation. I think I think it's it's time to have that right now, especially when we've seen so much sloppiness from the offensive side of the ball. So we are going to have that honest conversation about the Ravens' offense in the first part of the show. We can talk about Todd Munkin, John Harbaugh, the execution, Lamar Jackson. We'll, we'll get into all of it, and we'll talk about it throughout the show. But we'll get into more of a Ravens Steelers recap. In the second part of the show, more, you know, team stats, player stats, performances, this, that, and the other from that. And we did did that during Sunday's live stream. So if you want to have a more in-depth recap, you can check that out. Then we'll look at the biggest mistakes from the game and talk about how they can shore those up, hopefully, as they move forward. So plenty to talk about on today's show. Let's get into the honest conversation. I think what we first have to admit is that the Ravens, what their current level of offense is, what their performance is right now is completely unacceptable for, for what they have on that side of the ball, for the talent they have, for what they've invested in the shift. As I said on the live stream, and I said this, you know, on multiple live streams, I do live streams on Bleacher Report after games too. I said it on there. No one expected, or at least I didn't expect, the Ravens offense to go out there in a new system with new pieces and they're trying to figure it all out. I didn't expect them to go out there and put up 50 points a game, be the best offense in the league from week one to week 18. There were always going to be growing pains within the offense, especially early on, and that's fine. But the way that it's happening right now, it's not just like general growing pains where there's a mistake here and a miscommunication there, and it's just like very spread out and like, okay, that's just the flow. And what happens is you're working up to – what the offense should be mid to late season. This is just a different thing every week where 
from penalties to drops to things like fumbles and turnovers and interceptions. It's just a different thing. And I think every other week we've seen it be not just, oh, they had a fumble or they had a couple penalties. Week one was 13 penalties. That's an absurd number of penalties. Week three, they had four fumbles on four straight drives. Where does that happen? Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. And then obviously here in week five, it was depending on who you talk to anywhere from seven to 10 drops. I think I count it right in the, the nine to 10 range. It was that bad. And you could argue that all three of those should have lost them games. Two of them did lose them games. The Texans game with the 13 penalties they escaped. This level of sloppiness can't continue because another point I've made is the fact that these games aren't going to be like the Ravens and Steelers game. The Steelers offense wasn't doing a lot like the Steelers offense is not in a good place right now. It was 10 to eight late in the fourth quarter, right? Like the Ravens were in that game, despite all of the drops they had, all of the mistakes they made, the turnovers, et cetera. It was still 10 to eight Ravens late in that game. That's not going to be the case against teams like Miami, teams like San Francisco and Buffalo and Kansas City and Philadelphia. When you get to that playoff atmosphere and you start playing those top teams, it'll be 30 to 10 in the fourth quarter if the offense continues to put the defense in bad spots like that. Because I think the Ravens defense played great. I think they've played great all season for the most part. But we can also admit that the offenses they've played haven't been great. And I'm not, that's not taking away from what they've done because you play who's in front of you and the Ravens have dominated defensively who's been in front of them, but they were put in so many bad situations and they have been put in so many bad situations that eventually they're just going to get too tired out. They can't hold because they played a pretty near perfect game for the most part on Sunday. And then obviously the game winning touchdown to George Pickens, they gave up 17 points in the game. That's well, honestly it's 15 because of the special teams. That's enough to win you a football game. That should with Lamar Jackson and Odo Beckham and Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews and you know Gus Edwards with that talent, that should be enough. But we're starting to see continued repeated sloppiness, and that's not just on one person. It's not just on one position group or one part of the coaching staff. It is on the players. It is on the coaches. It's it's on everybody, right? And some weeks it's on more people than others, and you can shift percentages of blames. Like, for example, in this game, a lot of the blame can be put on the wide receivers and the pass catchers for the egregious drops they had. I mean, it was throw after throw from the Moore Jackson that were that the throws were getting there, and they were right on the money, and they were wide open. Like, he was hitting wide open targets. The Ravens, I think, dropped, again, four touchdowns five touchdowns depending on where you look and who you ask and in their perceptions of things it was egregious it was something that should never happen in a football game Rashad Bateman drops an easy one in the end zone and right before that it was Mark Andrews Nelson Aguilar drops a wide open touchdown Zay Flowers falls down on a wide open throw from Lamar and it was it again wasn't like it was one or two drops here and there the thing that's most frustrating about this offense right now is we see the flashes, we see the strong starts, and we see the play calling, but it just seems like with these things, it falls in the lap of the head coach mostly, and I'm not saying, oh, blame John Harbaugh, blame John Harbaugh only, but he has to have his guys ready to play, and right now it seems like that is not happening on a consistent enough basis to say right now, yes, I'm comfortable with where the Ravens are at on offense, because if it was week two or it was week three still, 
like you can make an argument. Sure. They're still knocking off some rust and they're getting familiar with things. We are five weeks into the season. Now things are trends. Things are real. This is not like, Oh, they had a bad fumble game in one game early in the season. It's not a trend. They're turning over the ball at an alarming rate. They can't hold on to the football and it is sucking the momentum out of games. They're getting momentum and it's all just going away. You could, you could feel the shift in Pittsburgh when justice Hill fumbled Pittsburgh started to feel themselves defensively. I think the offense and the special teams in for Pittsburgh, they benefited off of that. And that was a key turning point for the Ravens. So, and we can always cite these miscommunications that happen. Obviously the play at the end of the half with Tyler Linderbaum snapping the ball. I was, I didn't know what the heck happened. I thought John Harbaugh said, go snap the ball. And I'm like, you got to take the points with Justin Tucker. Well, he was going to, but Linderbaum said after the game that it was on him because he thought he saw Quan Alexander jump in the neutral zone and he snapped the ball. But the truth of the matter is Quan Alexander wasn't really close to the neutral zone. And it was a bad blunder that cost the Ravens three points. The Ravens left, I don't know, probably 10 to 13 points on the board and a seven point loss. That's just, you, you can't have that happen, especially to a team in Pittsburgh that you should have beaten. It should have been a blowout. And again, the woulda, coulda, shouldas, right? They didn't do it. They lost the game. But at this point, Things have to get better and they have to get better quickly. Like at this point, there isn't enough. You don't have as long of a leash anymore. And for Todd Munkin, I don't give him as long of a runway as I did with Mike McDonald because Todd Munkin has NFL coaching experience. He has college coaching experience. And some of the play calling was a, it was a little, I'm not, this wasn't a huge, like, oh, blame Todd Munkin game because guys were getting open and he was scheming guys open, but the players just couldn't catch the ball. And so that's why I'm saying, you know, John Harbaugh, Todd Munkin, they weren't out there dropping passes, right? I don't think it's fair to blame again, hundred percent of anybody here, the Lamar Jackson interception. Sure. Right. That was a, I think it was a bad decision to throw the ball there in the first place. And then the throw by Lamar was bad. But for the most part, Lamar was pretty much on point for most of the day. But the box score won't tell you that because obviously his receivers dropped almost everything that was thrown to him. Coming up in the second part of the show, we'll dive more into the mistakes the Ravens have made. Talking about the Ravens and Steelers Week 5 recap as a whole as well. So be sure to stay tuned. Plan to talk about here on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook and snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, too. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads and player props, over-unders, and more. So, Obviously, if you bet the Ravens on FanDuel in this one, wasn't great. It was a seven-point loss for him. But if you bet on the Zay Flowers overs, you know, he, he ended up making some plays, even though he had a couple of mistakes. But at the end of the day, Justice Hill had a good game. So Justice Hill probably made some people some money over on FanDuel. But you can visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens, Kevin Ostriker. Still here with you after the Ravens 17 to 10 brutal loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers in week five. We talked about all the mistakes the Ravens had on offense, which we'll continue to be talking about throughout the rest of the show here. But we can continue our honest conversation while also diving into the Ravens and Steelers week five recap. I think a lot of attention right now is on John Harbaugh. And I do want to say that, as I kind of alluded to at the very end of that segment, John Harbaugh was not out there dropping passes and making mistakes, but 
is a head coach and is something we've talked about with John Harbaugh is him having his guys ready to play and getting them up to speed and him being everything that other oh, the guys galvanize around him and they play for him. It just it's a very weird sloppiness that they have going on right now. And again, the head coach is the fall guy for a lot of that. And, you know, you can go up there on the podium and say, we need to be better. We need to do this. We need to do that. But this is the second, their second loss, their second loss of the season, but their second loss that John Harbaugh has cited a miscommunication in a key moment that lost them the game. Now, this was a little bit less of a key moment in terms of time. That is a Flowers free kick miscommunication happened very late in the game. This one with Tyler Linderbaum ended up happening, you know, right at the half. So it wasn't the only reason the Ravens lost. It wasn't a big moment in the fourth quarter, like the Zay Flowers one, but to have that happen in your, in your two losses, the site miscommunications like that, it's just sloppiness. And the Ravens had timeouts both ways. I mean, to be completely honest, the Ravens should have never even been out there to attempt to jump offside, to have them jump off sides. I mean, I don't necessarily think there was an, there was maybe time for one more play to get into the end zone, right? I don't think that was worth the risk. And you, you didn't know Linderbaum was snapping that ball. If you're John Harbaugh, you would, you know, hope that he wouldn't do it, but still that it, the risk that you have there is something crazy happens. And guess what? Something crazy happened. You got to have your team on the same page as you, it, the coaching staff and the players have to be on the same page. And it doesn't seem like they've been on the same page enough we saw so much helmet slamming in this game. Lamar Jackson was frustrated, and rightfully so. Rashad Bateman was frustrated, and that was more so with himself, I think. But Lamar has every right to be upset and to be honestly disgusted with the way his receivers played. He went up there on the podium after the game and said, yeah, you know, we don't expect our receivers to drop balls. And I know that wasn't exactly what he said, but it was right in that realm. And he was probably really upset and really frustrated about how that game went. I thought Lamar played really well, obviously outside of the interception that he threw, that was not a great throw, but he's somebody that made the right reads, made the right decisions and his past catchers let him down. And that's, it's, it's terrible to kind of say because it ruined again, it ruined a probably a great Lamar Jackson performance, but now people are going to be talking about it is, Oh, he went 22 of 38 and reality should have probably been 32 of 38 and a lot better stat line when you look at it that way. So to me, John Harbaugh, people are calling for him to be fired right now. To me, there's not, I don't really see a path to that. Like I also don't think it should happen right now. This is too early in the season for anything like that in the first place. And the Ravens have such high expectations that I, I don't think something like that would happen mid season. But as I've said, and I've, I've, stand, I've stood firm on this for, you know, probably a year or so now that it was never going to be Greg Roman over John Harbaugh, right? They were going to move on from Greg Roman first before John Harbaugh and probably give Harbaugh the year under the new system. But if this does turn into another no playoffs or wild card exit or division around exit, there's still no growth there. This is still an AFC championship or bust season to me or else something big has to happen. And you've gotten rid of both your coordinators in the past two seasons. What do you, who's the next domino to fall? You're not getting rid of Lamar. Did you, fire the special teams coordinator, right? Like, I think, I still think Harbaugh's a good coach. Like, I still think he is a top coach in the league, not the top coach, but a top coach. But sometimes welcomes just get outworn, right? Like, sometimes change is just needed, change of scenery. Maybe you promote Mike McDonald, but I don't think that conversation happens until after the season. But this stuff does not help that. And I understand the frustration because it is frustrating to have a team like this 
to invest in the wide receivers in the offseason where Odo Beckham right now has not been able to stay on the field consistently. Hopefully he's all good after the injury that happened. But that was kind of the worry when when you gave him all that money was can he stay healthy and stay on the field? And so far, it's been very up and down health wise for him. Hopefully better health days are ahead for Rashad Bateman, a first round wide receiver who, you know, the Ravens invested that capital in. He also hasn't been able to stay on the field and hasn't really shown a ton when he's been on it. So hopefully better health days and better production days are ahead for him. Zay Flowers is a rookie, right? It was a tough game for Zay, made really nice plays, made a couple of really bad mistakes and had really bad drops. It's just the up and down life of rookies sometimes. You know, rookies aren't perfect. No NFL player is perfect. So Zay has shown a lot of potential. Hopefully he can continue to show that. Nelson Aguilar, who you signed with drop issues in the past, has looked really good but had a couple of really bad plays on Sunday. So you invest all that money, and that is the frustrating part because with the offensive system and with a team in the Ravens that averaged five yards per carry in this game, it seems like the Ravens abandoned it when the Steelers were having a they were having trouble stopping Justice Hill, seven for 32. Gus Edwards was averaging four yards a carry. Lamar was gashing him, averaging 7.5. So I think that they got away from the run game a little too much, especially – when the Ravens got the ball in Pittsburgh territory, the five-yard line, the special teams unit gave them the ball at the five-yard line, first and goal. And I say, there's no way the Ravens mess this up, right? There's no way that happens. But they end up throwing an interception, coming away with no points, even three. It was the one thing that couldn't happen. Happen. It's been poor execution, poor play calling, sometimes both, sometimes one, that makes these games just super frustrating because we see either fast starts and then nothing for the rest of the game, or we see slow starts for a half or a quarter, and then really good for the rest of the game. There hasn't really been an in-between. I guess the in-between would be Cleveland, but they were out so far at halftime that they didn't really have to do anything in the second half. So at this point, the Ravens have soul-searching new on offense, get those receivers on jugs machines. I mean, they win this game handily if those receivers, if there weren't 10 drops, maybe there were five drops even, which is still a huge number, and the Ravens win it. But it's just been such an extreme for those mistakes where a well-prepared team would not do that. The Ravens have not been well-prepared and they have not been super disciplined. And it's, it's sad because we're talking all offense here, but the defense played super well. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in the final part of the show, but this ruined a really good defensive performance in that George Pickens touchdown should not have mattered the way it did because the Ravens should have never been in that situation. They should have been up by much more and, they end up ruining a performance by the defense, ruining a performance by Lamar Jackson, which we'll talk about in the final part of the show. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Still a bunch to get to over here on Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, every potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs lets you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And I've had really great times over on LinkedIn, finding jobs, sending jobs over to friends and family. It's a really good place to look for jobs. And it's really easy to create a free job post over on LinkedIn as well. All you have to do is add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools as well, like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. 
so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. And it's also really important to both start and end your strong and the right team member might be able to help you do that. So by small business or LinkedIn jobs, number one, delivering quality hires, receiving competitors, LinkedIn jobs, want to find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, which is our free LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL. Push your job free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back here. Our final segment of Lockdown Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with you on this not so victory Monday. The Ravens fall into Pittsburgh 17 to 10. In week five, be sure to subscribe over on YouTube, follow along in audio form as well. I really appreciate the audio community, the video community we've built here, the Twitter community. You know, I've built a bunch of communities, the subtext community even, which is awesome. You should subscribe over on subtext for exclusive content, tech conversations, and more. It's been awesome to see those grow. And I, I know it's also not super fun to sit and listen after your team loses. I've been there. Trust me. So for everybody who's listening, I do really appreciate you being here, especially after a loss. So Thank you again for all the support here as we continue grinding through this 2023 season. But let's get into more team stats and, and player stats. I've kind of been throwing the stats out here and there throughout the show so far. But again, more concretely, Lamar Jackson went 22 at 38, 236, no touchdowns, one interception. Gus Edwards, 12 48 on the ground. Lamar, 6 of 45. Justice Hill, 7 for 32. Zay Flowers, 11 targets, 5 receptions, 73 yards. Mark Andrews, 10 targets, 6 receptions, 65. Nelson Aguilar, 5 4, 64. Odo Beckham had two receptions for 13 yards. Justice Hill, 4 for 13. Rashad Bateman, 1 for 8. Defensively, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, I mean, they played lights out. And I do want to give a little bit of time to the defense because they played really well. You know, just just stifled the Pittsburgh offense for the most part. Marcus Williams came back. He didn't look totally right, but hopefully he's able. He, he just getting back in the swing of things. He had five tackles. Just Matabike also had five. Brandon Stevens five as well. Brent Urban, Marlon Humphrey each had four. Humphrey also didn't look a hundred percent, but hopefully they'll be able to. Him and Williams will be able to hopefully get a little bit better next week. Kyle Hamilton had three, and then you know the rest of the guys two one zero. So. Team stat-wise, it was super disheartening because the Ravens beat the Steelers in a lot of key categories. I mean, the Ravens had 19 first downs compared to Pittsburgh's 17. Baltimore had more total yards, more passing yards, more rushing yards, averaged more yards per play in this game. And it was tough because the Ravens should have won this by a lot more. They also beat Pittsburgh in time possession, literally only by like 15 seconds or 30 seconds. But Still, it was rough for them. And again, it wasn't a game where they got penalized. They got penalized two times for 20 yards. It was just the sloppiness all around where the Ravens red zone offense was not great. They came into this game as the number one red zone offense in the league. They go one for three in the red zone. They had an 80% conversion percentage before this. Obviously, that one for three is 33%. And the Ravens defense held Pittsburgh to 0 for 2 in the red zone, 6 for 15 on third down. But the Ravens themselves went 5 for 14 on third down. So it was just, it was a game that was more by mistakes. And we can talk about the biggest ones so far for the Ravens. I mean, in this game, obviously it was drops in a week where the Ravens came into it with no receiver drops. And I think that was one of the biggest jinxes I've ever seen. I put it out on Twitter from the uh, PFF Ravens account. I think it was, but at this point you have to look yourself in the mirror. If you're the Ravens, if you're John Harbaugh, if you're the receivers, Lamar Jackson, everybody, you know, even though Lamar, wasn't to blame for me in this game. Like I'm not blaming Lamar for his receivers dropping 10 passes. You know, there were decisions that Lamar has made throughout the season, like the interception, the sack that he took that have not been wonderful. So this is a culmination of the first five weeks 
where we've seen the potential with those opening drives. And we've seen the potential with the way that they beat the Bengals in the Browns. The Browns came into that game and we four with the top defense in the league and the Ravens were able to pick them apart. You know, that's just how it was. But in this game, it was a game that they should have won. The Steelers offense did essentially nothing for most of the contest and weren't getting any momentum. And the Ravens offense just kept handing it back and handing it back and handing it back. Eventually, it was just too much. The special teams unit, obviously, the blocked punt and the subsequent return on that. Obviously, they had a good play on Gunnar Olszewski when, who was it? I think Connor Hayward ran into him and fumbled the ball. Kevon Seymour uh, picked it up and returned it. But again, the Ravens just they couldn't capitalize. I still can't get over it. They couldn't capitalize on first and goal from the five-yard line when they were getting gashed on the ground. And the Ravens, I think, what, ran it once on that drive? They ran it on the first play and then threw it twice? I just I, I can't get over that there have been so many mistakes and so much sloppiness. And if that if that continues, I mean, look, the Ravens have a tough stretch coming up. They're, they might not be the best teams in the league, but they have to go abroad. They go to London to play the Titans next Sunday in week six. And then they have to come back and play the Lions, who are playing like a really good football team and are actually a, they are a good football team. So there's the potential here for some disaster, and the Ravens have now lost a divisional game. They lost an AFC game to the Colts, they should have won. You can say, yeah, the Ravens should be 5-0 and right now, but they've done this to themselves. They, they deserve to lose both those two games, and there are no excuses for, oh, well, well, they should be 5-0, and but they're not. Yeah, I mean, they're not. They're not at the top of the division anymore. Pittsburgh overtakes them, also being 3-2, and with the tiebreaker now obviously over the Ravens. So I don't really know where they go from here because it is now a trend. They have to break out of that trend. It's something we honestly talked about on the defensive side of the ball with missed tackling for a couple of years, you know, back a couple of years ago when the Ravens just could not get out of the missed tackling funk. The turnovers now are the funk for them because you can talk about penalties and you can talk about drops, but the week one game was the one egregious penalty game. And the week five game here was the egregious drop game. There have been turnovers throughout the season. There have been consistent turnovers, consistent fumbles. You know, the fumbles in week three, they had three turnovers in yesterday's game. And then, you know, there were other fumbles as well. The Kenyon Drake fumble, right? They were, there have been these fumbles. And the fact that the Ravens can't hold on to the ball, that has been a trend for them. As I said, it's not like it's, oh, it's one game. It's been almost all the games where they've had these bad turnovers. And that just cannot happen because as you get later in the season where the Ravens do have to play San Francisco in Miami and Cincinnati's now looking that they're they've hit their stride offensively, potentially we'll see, but they have to play some of these teams. They're not going to go like the Steelers game did or like the Browns game did or like the Colts game did where you're either beating up on a bad offensive unit or your defense is keeping you in the game for so long because the offense can't do anything. Those offenses will make the Ravens pay if their offense can't get it together. I have faith they will. This is not something for me where I'm writing them off because of this game. The season is still early. I'm not all doom and gloom right here, but it's, it is fair to be frustrated. And it is fair to say that there are problems with this team right now. They have questions. All the AFC North teams have questions. You can still talk about the Ravens as a team that should be in contention for the AFC North division crown, should still be in contention, obviously, for a playoff spot. If that does not happen, they should still make the playoffs. If they don't, that is an ultimate failure and probably one of the more ultimate failures in the last 10 seasons, especially if they're able to get most of their guys back here because they got most of their guys back, but some of them didn't look 100%. 
So it was a very frustrating game on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, a game that could have put them ahead in a big way. It was another missed opportunity, just like they missed the opportunity in week three. They probably missed an arguably even bigger one in week five against the Steelers, but they got to go abroad. I think they're traveling what today or tomorrow to London, and then they'll play the Titans 930 Eastern on Sunday. But that's all I have for you here today on Lockdown Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. And be sure to subscribe on YouTube, audio form, subtext, the whole nine yards. We have plenty of Ravens content on all of our platforms. So be sure to stay tuned for more Ravens content coming up tomorrow. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.